Father, as we come to hear from your word, we ask you to open our hearts and minds. Lord, we know that each person comes with different things weighing on them, different attitudes, different perspectives, going through different circumstances. But Lord, here we sit united as the body of Christ, united under the word of God. Lord, equip and encourage us in all areas of life to live kingdom first. Every day of every week of every year for the honor and glory of Jesus. And it's in his name that we pray. Amen. One small step for man, one giant leap for mankind. Kids, students, do you know where that comes from? Just shake your head vigorously. All right, good, like that. Almost 50 years ago. You believe that? I mean, you think of like all the technology we have now and all the technology they did not have, and yet they put a man on the moon. There was recently a movie made about it. Um, as I understand from reading about that movie, it's relatively accurate based on the biography. Don't know how true that is, but that's what I read. But here's what I do know. Here's some really interesting facts about that landing. Number one, you ever run out of gas? Kids, you ever heard your parents go, oh, no, we're on empty. We've got to get to the gas station. I mean, I've run out of gas once or twice, but it's always near a gas station. When the Eagle, the spacecraft that they took from the rocket to the moon's surface, when it landed, they had 23 seconds of gas left. Can you imagine running out of gas there? That is not a good spot. And this I thought was cool, especially from our tradition. When they got there, Buzz, who was with Neil, radioed Houston for a moment of silence. And do you know what he did? He took communion. The first thing a human ate on the moon was communion. So that was just kind of cool. Now, a different fact that some of you might appreciate, speaking of traveling, there were no bathrooms on the rocket or on the spacecraft. They had to go to the bathroom in bags. Why do I say that? Because one of the first pictures that we have is when they stepped out of the eagle, Neil had a trash bag filled with trash of stuff they ate and filled with bags of stuff we don't want to talk about. And they tossed it onto the moon. And it's still there. <laughs> and there's a picture of this trash bag on the moon because, well, they had to make room for other things. This is one that just, oh. have you ever missed a picture? Ever like gone on maybe a, a trip and like forgot to take a picture or you did family pictures and they all turned out terrible? The best picture we have of Neil Armstrong is of his backside. You go look at all the pictures, the best one we have, and you can't even tell it's him because he's in a spacesuit. That's it. Because he was taking all of these pictures of other things and 
Buzz was taking pictures of other things. Actually, we have some pretty good pictures of Buzz, um, but not of Neil. And I can tell you what, I'd have ripped Buzz a new one. Really? You only got my backside? Like, we went to the moon, because you can't go back and retake that, right? Here's the most interesting thing for me. That first footprint when he stepped off the eagle is still there. There's a picture of it. 50 years later, it's still there. I mean, just think about that. Do you have any footprints in your backyard that either through the wind or the rain or through people tromping on them, they're, they're, still, they're gone, right? But on the moon, no wind. Nobody else is up there wandering around. That footprint doesn't change after 50 years. I want to talk about change today. And I want to start by asking you this question. Everybody in the room, kids, students, adults, is there anything in your life that you want to change? Open up your Bible, if you would, to John chapter 5. John chapter 5. Starting in verse 2. Now there is in Jerusalem by the sheep gate, and the sheep gate was called that because they brought sheep through it. There was a pool, and they would wash sheep in the pool, in Aramaic called Bethsaida, which means outpouring, which has five roofed colonnades. So picture, and really it's, it's a pool that is divided into two pools, a colonnade, kids, Picture this row right here with columns, and they're covered. That's a colonnade. And there was one colonnade that ran between the two pools, and then there were four that went around the outsides. That's the picture. In these, so laying underneath the, the shelter of these colonnades, were a multitude of invalids, people who were blind, lame, paralyzed. So you picture these two pools and you've got these colonnades surrounding them and there's this one that goes in between and you've got all of these people that can't walk on their own. They can't see. They can't hear. They're all sick and they're all in need. One man was there who had been an invalid for 38 years. You imagine that? 38 years. When Jesus saw him lying there and knew that he had already been there a long time, stop there for a moment. 38 years. Could you imagine this guy wants to change? Right, likely what happened is early on in his life, his parents were bringing him to this pool, and here's why. There was a superstition that this pool, when it stirred, when it bubbled, that an angel was stirring it. And if you could be the first one into that pool, whatever you had, it would heal you. And so early on, likely, his parents are taking him and they're waiting. 
And they're waiting for this thing to stir so they can get their kid in there. And as he gets older, they start to just leave him there because they have to work. And then eventually he's 38 years old. Somebody's carrying him there on his mat and laying him down. And there's all these others laying all around with him. This guy wants to change. Now his is very significant. He wants to build a walk. He wants to be healed. Let me ask you, what do you want to change in your life? Everybody. I mean, it could be something like you just really want to change jobs. It could be something really personal. You really want to stop getting so angry, being so cynical. What is it that you wish was different? Maybe some of the kids, I know when I was a student, the biggest change I wanted to make is I wanted to stop procrastinating. It never happened. Just kept doing it at the last moment. But maybe you want to change that. You don't want to procrastinate so much. What is it in your life that you would like to change? This man wants to change. And Jesus asked this question. All right. On the surface, I'm just going to say this. I think this is a profoundly dumb question coming out of the mouth of Jesus. Either that or it's rather insensitive. Did you not look around and see where you are? And by the way, this area is not an area that most of your religious leaders would come to. To be in the, this place, this, where this pool where sheep are washed and all of these people who can't walk on their own and they're all lame and blind and paralyzed and they would avoid this area, but not Jesus. There is no place he will not go for people. There is nothing going on in your life he will not come to you in the midst of. But he asked this question, verse six, do you want to be healed? Seriously? As far as I'm aware, I've been here every day for 38 years. Of course I want to be healed. What are you, do you want? But I'd ask you the same question. Whatever was going on in your head, whatever you thought, I'd like to change this. Here's my question. Do you really want to make that change? Because there's a depth to the question of Jesus. This is not Jesus like completely going, huh, huh. Like, do you want to be healed? Like, I wouldn't know. I mean, I knew you've been there for 38 years, but I don't know if you actually want to be healed. That's not the question. The question is, do you really want to be healed? Look at his answer. The sick man answered, sir, I have no one to put me into the pool when the water is stirred up. And while I am going, another steps down before me. I would make this argument. There are at least two reasons why this guy, yes, he wanted to be healed, but not badly enough. I think he wanted it in the same way that many of us want to diet or exercise. We want that, right, for at least a week or two maybe, or the way that we handle, I want to be more patient with my family, and I'm like that for a day or two, and I revert back. I think he wanted it in the same way. 
there are two things. Here's the first. This guy has been doing the same thing for 38 years and it hasn't worked. And yet he's expecting a different result. That is the definition of what? If you're just gonna do it the exact same way you've been doing it, and yet expect it to change, nothing's going to happen. That is exactly how we approach New Year's resolutions, right? You make the New Year's resolution, and then you go about it the same way you did it the year before, and then by January 3rd, you're already moving on, right? Looking forward to the next year. If you're gonna do it the exact same way and make no change in how you approach making a change in your life, you really shouldn't expect a different result. But number two, and one, I read the, another preacher who called it as soon as. It's like a disease, as soon as. This guy's waiting for the water. As soon as that water turns and then somebody gets me in, then I'll get the healing I want. As soon as disease. Here's how it looks for us. As soon as life gets a little less complex, then I can work on this. As soon as things calm down at work, as soon as I get a new teacher, I can't deal with this teacher, but when I get a new teacher, then I can do it. As soon as. And here's what it is. The guy won't change his own habits, and he expects his circumstances to change, and then things will be okay. Neither one of those things are going to produce the change that we want in our lives. If you won't do it differently, and if you're just waiting for things to change out there, then you can do it, you should not expect change to happen. This is what it looked like in my life. So some of you know that I had back issues a number of years ago. And they got pretty significant. My back issues got to the point that I would just have this pain. It would lock up, and I would fall to the ground. And it became so common that I'd be laying on the ground, unable to move. And my wife would just say, oh, just walk over, Daddy. He's fine. It was just normal. Like, there's nothing that can happen. I'm just laying on the ground because it was so bad that, and you know what? Here's what I knew. I weighed 40 pounds more than I do now. I had no muscle right here. I was like a gummy bear in my stomach. There was no abs. There was nothing to take any weight off the back. And I had terrible problems. And you know what I did? I'm going to change. And so, yeah, I'd diet for like two weeks and then just slowly work my way back to eating exactly everything I was before that point. I'd start exercising for about two weeks. And then I'd slowly, no, oh, I got an excuse here. Maybe when that is not as busy, and okay, no, 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 I'm back to doing nothing. Did I want to change? I mean, anybody want to lay on the floor unable to move because your back hurts so much? No. But did I really want to change? Not enough because I kept just doing the same thing and I kept waiting for something to happen out there and maybe it would all fix itself. What do you wanna change in your life? And the question is, what are you willing to do to actually make that change? 
Change is hard, but it's possible. Anybody know what this is? Isn't that a great sound? Aren't you jealous? Don't you want to be up here? Just, I can't even pop those. Well, that's bad. Oh, there we go again. Just amazing. Do you know what this was invented for? Something that would terrify moms and totally delight every child in the room. This was created originally in 1957 for wallpaper. This was originally made for wallpaper. They were trying to figure out how to get texture onto walls, and so they made this bubble wrap for wallpaper. Could you imagine, kids, if all of your wall was made of this, and you could just walk in going, whenever you wanted to? It didn't work very well. <laughs> it's the reason it's not wallpaper today. But you know what? When it didn't work for wallpaper, they changed. They then tried to do insulation for greenhouses. That didn't work either. Another one down the tubes. And finally, three years afterwards, they still weren't willing to give up. IBM needed to start shipping merchandise. And so they went and pitched it to IBM to protect their merchandise. And now you have what we use it for today still. But imagine if they had just done their wallpaper, it failed, and we never had bubble wrap. Here's the thing about change. Kids, students, adults, you want to actually make change in your life, it has to be consistent. I'm gonna show you what happens. I can get rid of my bubble wrap so nobody gets a hold of it and pops all my bubbles. I wanna do that myself. Maybe I'll sell them later. Here's what happens. Jesus said to him, get up. Take your bed and walk. His bed is what's been supporting him for a very long time. Now, he's supporting it. And at once the man was healed, and he took up his bed and walked, but the story's not done. Now, there's an instantaneous thing where Jesus just goes, I'm gonna fix you. I'm gonna fix you. I'm gonna make you healed. But, now that day was a Sabbath, so the Jews said to the man who had, healed, who had been healed, it is the Sabbath and it is not lawful for you to take up your bed. But he answered, the man who healed me, that man said to me, take up your bed and walk. They asked him, who is the man who said to you, take up your bed and walk? Now the man who had been healed did not know who it was, for Jesus had withdrawn as there was a crowd in place. So you have this whole interchange, religious leaders, they're going back and forth. But then this happens. Afterward, Jesus found him in the temple and he said to him, see, you are well. You've had the first change in your life. You are well. Sin no more that nothing worse may happen to you. Now, let me just say something briefly about this. It is possible for sin to cause 
physical ailments in our life, it is possible for sin to cause bad things. However, just a couple chapters after this, when the disciples ask about a blind man, and they say, who sinned, this man or his parents? Jesus will say, this is not about that at all. You should never think that everything wrong in your life is because you've been bad. That is not scriptural teaching. However, in this particular instance, Jesus is pretty straightforward with this guy. If you want the change to last, you have to be persistent in the way your life is going. I would say the same thing to us. If you want to make change in your life, it's not gonna be two weeks. It's not gonna be that you did it once, and so now I'm better. Now I'm nicer. It does not work that way. All right, here's an image for you, kids. I want you to remember this image, all right? Part of the way that your brain works. Have you ever walked on a path through a forest? Have you ever gone on a trail? Raise your hand, kids. Got on a trail? All right, adults, you can raise your hand too. That's fine. We're all big kids, right? Hey, notice how it is worn and you can see that trail. All right? Have you ever done something on autopilot? This, this is what happens to me. I take my kids to school the same route five days a week. If I get in my car and I take off and I'm not thinking about it, guess where I start going? I start going to school. No matter what time it is, no matter what day it is, it could be a Saturday at three o'clock in the afternoon, I start heading to school. Because my brain has pathways that are worn into it. Habits, ways that I do things. Okay, so picture this. Imagine you are walking through a tall grain field. All right, can you picture this, kids? You can just barely see over the grain. You're walking this, but there's a path going through the grain field. And you're walking along that path, and at some point you say this, I need to go that way. But that way, there is no path. Can you make a path? Can you make a path? Yes. Is it easy? No. And if you start making that path, and you get all the way through to the other side, and you look back, and you've gone one time, how discernible is that path especially compared to the path that was already there? How easy is it to see this new path? How many times do I gotta walk this path back and forth until I wear it down and it becomes a path? That's how habits work in the brain. You can't just do it once because you're gonna gravitate back toward the path that has been so worn that you've walked so many times, it has to be intentional. When Jesus says, now I want you to go and sin no more, he asked the question first, and so I asked the question again, do you want to change? What is it in your life that you want to change? Because if you answer that question, I really do want to change, you're actually gonna have to make a change because you've got these pathways that are worn in the way that you think and you react, the way you do things. So number one, do you want to change? 
Number two, will you change the way that you're trying to change? Are you willing to go further and stop waiting for everything else to change so that you can then do it? Get rid of the excuse as soon as, throw that out the window. How many of you are aware, especially adults, as soon as that problem is gone, there will be another problem. As soon as you fix the chaos here, there'll be chaos over here. As soon as this person who's driving you crazy is gone, there'll be somebody new to drive you crazy. The as soon as does not work because there's always something else. Get rid of that excuse. Submit yourself to Jesus and his ways and then get really practical. What will you change to actually make the change in your life? And then, this is really important, who's gonna walk with you through that change? Because back, back to the grain field, I walked through it, it was kinda hard, I got to the other side, now I'm trying it again, it's still kinda hard, I get back to this pathway and go, oh, I'm tired. That worn pathway is just so much easier. It's familiar, I know it, I may not like it, but I'm just gonna go down that path again. I need somebody, come here, Chris McCampbell. Put that Bible down, come here. I need a friend as I start to walk down that path, grab me, stop me, no! And say, no, 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 no. No, 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 no. Thank you. <laughs> Keep going down this path. All right, good. Oh, thank you. We need help. Thank you, Chris McCampbell. <laughs> Let's see, you come up here for 30 seconds. I spent like 15 hours on this message. You get applause. Man, I gotta change jobs. You need help. I need help. We need help. Don't try to make these big changes on your own. Get somebody that you can just say, look, I'm working on making a new pathway in my brain. I want to be a kinder person. And I've noticed in my life where that's not true. I wanna submit myself to Christ and I'm gonna start taking this different path. But I need somebody just to help me because sometimes I'm gonna wanna give up. We can make changes. But it will take actually making the change. So when you travel out of the country and you come back, you have to go through customs. How many of you have gone through customs? You have to fill out that paperwork, you know, what are you bringing back, blah, 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 kind of stuff. Did you know that the three astronauts that went up, because there were three of them, only two got to go to the moon, I felt sorry for the third guy, fly all the way up there and just get to orbit. They had to go through customs when they came back. You know that? They had to fill out a customs form. We started in Florida, then we went to the moon, and then we flew back to Hawaii. And then they had to declare, moon rocks. Nobody gets to declare that, moon rocks. That's what they had. Declare what they took back. I think when Jesus said to this guy, pick up your mat, 
I think there was something to Jesus saying, I want you to remember where you came from. I want you to remember how hard that was. Because the path you're starting on is gonna be challenging. But it's a better path than the one you were on no matter how challenging it is. And there's a sense in which we need to remember, declare what it is we're changing from so we can remember that is not what I wanna be. That's not the kind of person I wanna be. That's not the actions I wanna be taking. I wanna be a different person. So then when we feel drawn to that worn path, we've got a friend and we've got our own remembrance that I don't want to be like this. Jesus, I'm coming right back to you. Help me not be like this. I give everything to you and I walk this new path. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you. Thank you that in Christ, we have new hope of change in our lives. We have a new outlook. We have a new purpose. We have the Holy Spirit in us to give us strength. Lord, I ask that each one of us, from the youngest to the oldest, we would think, would think about our lives and the ways we want to follow you differently. And Lord, you'd help us to make real change, real transformation, that we might be more like Christ. And it's in his name that we pray. Amen. Oh, that was beautiful.